And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as you want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I am your host, as always, Ronnie Landis. And uh, I'm really, really excited. We have an amazing episode for all of you with one of the most amazing Mm. individuals, one of the most amazing human beings that I've ever encountered on my life journey. And uh, that's saying a lot because I run in multiple circles of luminaries and leaders and um, change agents and catalysts. And I'm really grateful for uh, this is actually a good moment just to just to appreciate every single person that's been part of the journey and particularly every single person that's been part of the podcast journey that we started almost three years ago i just had a bright idea one day in Kauai, um you know with the community of leaders that i'm um, aligned with and i was going through my network and i realized like wow I need to actually start a podcast because I actually have too many conversations that aren't happening right now and aren't getting into the world. And uh, that was the impetus for me starting this. There was no like marketing strategy or any like business goal. It was just like literally, it was a moral imperative to bring all of these people together. And then it just grew and grew and grew from there. And uh, it's taken on a life of its own. And so that has brought uh, me and this amazing individual together in this moment Miss Solara Sophia Rose. And I'm just going to share a little bit about her before we jump in. Solara Rose is an international channel and catalyst for high frequency flow states, flow mastery, super abundance, and thriving divine success. She has been described as the modern Tesla of human energetics and living vortex of cosmic magic. (laughs) 
with a background in intensive personal transformation, integrative science, philosophy, and psychology. She's who visionary leaders seek out for super accelerated quantum growth in all areas of life. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Ah, So I'm thankful to be here. Where shall we begin? That's, that's the question. Um, The first place I'd like to drop in with you is I would like to ask you what are maybe four or five words that you would use to describe yourself? Mm. Love. Harmony would be another word Mm. to go to complement that. Flourishing. Hmm. Beauty. Hmm. Light. Hmm. Beautiful. Same question. What are four or five words you would use to describe the work that you do? Mm. <laughs> oh, yep. All of those things. Super abundance, flourishing, paradise, uh, embodiment. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's where we'll start then. Okay. Embodiment. That, that's a word that I have become very, very fond of over the last couple of years. That's been primarily the main focus of my own personal self-work is embodiment. And not just knowing something conceptually, but but embodying it and, and embodying the principles as a moral code of conduct for how I operate in the world and how I treat myself, how I treat other people, and just living into um, further and further states of embodiment. So mm-hmm. I would like to ask you, what first of all, what does that mean to you? And um, you know, maybe share a little bit of your background and how you came to embody you know, who you are now and the work that you do. Mm. <laughs> a profound pull towards excellence. And, and by excellence, I mean the divinity that I know that I am, that we all are, and my capacity to live that through with every thought, feeling, action, word, and deed. So I love that you said living into because that's precisely what it is. It's, it's being connected to that stream of knowingness, of pure source, of home, of our divinity, of virtue, of valor, of kindness, of love, of honor, of all the things that make us the uh, just amazing co-creators, divine creators, powerful creators that we are. And almost like siphoning those frequencies into the physical body and being so laser lucid attuned to them that I can be the emanation of them in all moments, no matter what I'm doing or or where I am or what I'm interacting with. Mm. people, food, nature, the environment, uh, just yeah, living that all the way through every dimension of embodiment. And so it has taken a high level of super conscious self-awareness to recognize when I'm not in absolute alignment with that and to be loving and compassionate and empathetic with myself when that's the case and to just receive more. <laughs> receive more when I'm in those spaces and to allow that frequency to fill me and penetrate me and open and expand me so that I can just exude it, you know, because we all contain that at our core. 
Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Um, so to talk to talk to us a little bit about your journey. I want, I have like a lot of things, as you know, we have a lot of things to dive deep into. So um, I'd love for everyone to get to know you a little bit more and a little bit about your backstory. And um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to start there. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's like so many questions already popping, popping up in my head. So I'm going to refrain from all that and just start with, you know, your journey. What has your journey been like? What has it looked like, um, leading up to this point? What's your superhero origin story? Man, this is such a profound and involved question because my life has been catalyst after catalyst after catalyst. And I actually have rec- uh, recollection of choosing to come here, being a star being and, and being a spearhead uh, with the, the galaxies uh, and the star councils that I was involved in, in that particular iteration of self and receiving the message that support was needed on earth and choosing, making the conscious choice to come here and help to raise planetary consciousness. So that, that would be the first uh, part. So coming in, uh, on the way down, I remember having the awareness that I can sustain anything temporarily. So I knew it wasn't going to be necessarily an easy uh, a path that I was walking. And so for the first, um, a little bit over a quarter of my lifetime, I, I would say that I experienced uh, the depth of what most human beings uh, experience as far as challenge and adversity goes with physical health, with relationships, um, grew up in a very abusive space, uh, self-destructed for many years, was on anxiety and depression medications, tried to take my life, uh, was in very unhealthy, toxic relationships. Um, all of these things that I am so, so, so thankful that I experienced now because I was able to, uh, synthesize the gold from all of those experiences to learn love, to learn compassion, to learn uh, beyond forgiveness, empathy, to have a core understanding of what motivates and drives human behavior uh, and what it is to be connected to source and what it is to be disconnected from source within myself and in the world. So all of those experiences were necessary for me to to understand energetics at the level that I do to understand uh, love and unity versus separation, fear versus exhilaration. Uh, those are two of the core patterns that we as humans, uh, I would say, toggle back and forth between in different moments in our life. And these are the core, I call them the core wounds of creation. Uh, when creation was first awakening to itself and when it realized what it was fully, you know, going through that journey of being fearful of its vastness, of its power, of its potential to being exhilarated and excited by it. Um, you know, in any moment that we feel separate from our creation, from life, that, that energy can come in, that energy of fear. But when we know that we are all that is and we're continuously connecting to another dimension of self, of source, we can really start to experience true intimacy and merge with ourselves and and ground into that frequency of love and unification in all moments. So, oh man, it's such a a long, long, long journey and uh, beautiful and exquisite and remembering beyond this lifetime, beyond this iteration and this incarnation, uh, being creation itself and awakening to myself in the void and taking that infinite creation journey into self-actualized source 
in being that field of harmony. And then beyond that field of self-realization, self-actualization, and self-creation. So when that field that most of us experience uh, when we have profound awakenings, things like Satori, um, you know, or we, we catapult uh, into higher dimensional frequencies and experience the power of that harmony, that light, that love, that interconnection, uh, that field starts to dance at some point. Once it's really anchored into itself from that level of awareness, it moves into self-creation and movement. And that, I, I feel, is what we're actually accelerating into as a collective humanity right now. People starting to really know and remember who and what they are and ground that in. And then after the knowing what happens, pure mobility, pure freedom, pure dance, pure creation, uh, thriving in the flow of superabundance is what I like to call it. But, um, mm, yeah. So there's so many things that you said that I think it deserve their own, their own kind of, um, bullet point in terms of talking points and like how to go, how to further, um, dive into, I guess what's coming up for me is, is it comes back to the embodiment principle that we started with, right? So everything that you shared and that you so beautifully and perfectly actually embody all of those things. That's why I'm so in admiration and respect of you. Um, not just your, your brilliance and your teaching, but also who you are. It comes through you like a channel. So I guess that, that makes sense. Right. And, um, you know, it's an emanation. It's a rare thing. So I'd like to talk about, there's a couple things that are coming to me. One of them is just like, yeah, it's the embodiment of it. But I guess where I'm going with that is you mentioned awakenings, right? And a lot of times what I've found both in my journey and with a lot of people is that we can get addicted to peak states of experience. Mm. The mild, the mild examples is like the coffee in the morning, right? To get up and go. And then you associate the, the energy with the coffee, then it becomes a pattern, right? And so it's like, I do this to get energy or, you know, whatever alcohol or um, whatever people are doing to stimulate themselves to a greater state of feeling a peak experience that obviously has a drop off effect in most cases. So what I want to ask you What's your perspective around sustaining the peak states? Like even if somebody's doing a medicine journey or they have a, um, a Satori experience, we've, m- m- many of us, most of us have had those experiences of breakthroughs, but oftentimes they stay that. And so yeah. I want to know, how do you feel about not just the awakening, because that, that's great, that's fun, but the actual stabilization of those peak states so it's not a high and a low it's mm-hmm. like, it's the quantum leap principle, right? The incremental momentum creates a spontaneous quantum leap. And then like, and it's constantly happening. It's like straight line, so to speak, boom, right? Not straight line, but just on a diagram perspective. So anyways, you get what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> well, the very first thing that wants to come through, so I'm just going to honor it, is to live purposefully with intent from the heart. So all of our power and it living from the heart really is the peak experience. And that is sustainable. It's our natural state. It's where true ecstasy starts to flower. And so there's an innocent, there's a purity to that space. And it's certainly a cultivation because anytime we have an awakening like that and we kind of 
I'll say arise or expand into these higher dimensional octaves of vibration and what is possible for us, there can be a kind of a snapping back effect. So ritual is one very powerful way to ground and anchor that in. Um, Purity on all levels has been really important for me in my life, relationships, health. Uh, Finding life balance is uh, essential so looking at, so there's five main areas. I look at health, energetics, and spirituality, relationships, uh, business, finance, service, creative expression. And each day, finding what our balance is between all of those dimensions and giving it our best, having fun every single day to develop and cultivate those areas of our life. And then we're filled with life. So it really becomes about those peak experiences. I mean, you're, you feel fully alive. That's the essence of it. I'm fully alive in this moment. I'm supercharged. I'm filled with source energy. I'm filled with who and what I truly am, cosmic power. So what can we do to help ourselves feel more alive? And can we live into that? And that's a space of high mobility. And so one of the one of the things that we can do is start to contract when that much energy and that much uh you know, that many miracles, that many blessings, that much love starts to just pour into us because it's like, wow, can I really receive all of this? Can I really have all of this? Can this, is this real? And it starts to unearth a lot of our patterns and things like this. So opening and allowing, taking, creating spaces for life balance, uh, taking time for self to nourish and cultivate our vision, our channel, uh, and to just let that love in and to, to be with what that feels like, to breathe it in, to allow it to inhabit us and to continue moving forward into more and more life. While it is, it, it is our greatest desire to experience that, it's simultaneously the thing that we hear the most because when it starts to come, that's where we can experience contraction. So staying open, staying open to let all of that in. Uh, so it's such a dynamic thing, you know, and it's so contingent upon the individual. So living from the heart, dynamic life balance that promotes health and purity and life and flourishing and thrival on all levels, um, staying open, staying open to, to life, uh, presenting us with all that we truly desire to experience and flowing with it, moving with it, trusting mm-hmm. it fully. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and then we can we can at least start to shorten the distance between valleys. And one of the ways um, it it can all be even the valley can be a peak. In my experience, totally. it depends on how we perceive it. If if we can move into the valleys and just savor them and find harmony within them, then it can be experienced as a peak also. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, my my experience has been that. <clears throat> through the expansion process of my own capacity to hold and to actually experience, you know, those upper limit feelings that you mentioned and to really be within, really expand my capacity to feel joy and appreciation and gratitude and, um, and, and love and those things. I've noticed that when I, when I, my head bumps up against the proverbial ceiling of the upper limit, if I just stay with it, the upper limit will dissolve and there'll be another, there'll be another octave. So there'll be another expansion. There'll be an expansion of my own capacity to be a greater version of myself. Mm-hmm. And then I notice like that drop off effect, like the boomerang or rubber band effect, it happens. So like when I fall from grace, so to speak, I fall from my optimum self. I don't fall as hard or as low as I did before because there's some kind of built in 
floor plan built into my the architecture of my own evolution. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like it's an, it's an interesting thing. Um, as if there's a perfectly designed um, mechanism to hold me or I hold me, however you want to kind of, whatever, whatever it is, whatever's built into the blueprint of evolution and growth. Um, I find that to be an interesting thing because if we don't, so stabilization, I guess, is what I'm coming to, right? When we mm-hmm. stabilize it, but if we're just kind of bouncing through peak experiences, but, and then hopping from the next thing, the next festival, the next medicine journey, the next relationship, the next diet ideology, whatever the thing is, um, and we don't really stabilize and we don't develop our own core sense of values, meaning we know who we are, we know what drives us, we know what our priorities are, so we're stable in who we are and what we stand for, mm-hmm. um, you know, then it's just like, you know, we just kind of hop around. So anyways, I thought that that's kind of what came up for me. Um, yeah. And also, I want to also just kind of mention the unearthing principle because it's really goes hand in hand. I I love that term. I didn't really think of it that way. Um, the unearthing of our prior patterns. Like, yeah. So, uh, huh. Oh, so good. There's so much juice in, in here in nectar. So let's see where the energy wants to go first. So stabilization, that's the value of rituals and, uh, life balance, dynamic life balance. Uh, you know, you've got to stay with it and you've got to cultivate those spaces to nourish and honor Mm -hmm. what we're experiencing so that it can stabilize and become a new normal, in which case higher states and higher states are accessible, more expanded states. And because we're an infinite creator, if you were to think of yourself as a holographic um, avatar representation of energy and consciousness, almost like a disco ball, that expansion is constant. So there's always going to be a next and a next, and you're always going to be receiving and experiencing and emanating and living into more and more of who and what you are. So that's an ongoing process. And as you're explaining about the patterns, I was just being brought to the image of sacred geometry and seeing that mm-hmm. fractal pattern and how it's infinitely in and infinitely out. And right. you mentioned this the other the evening with Ken Wilber, the way he describes it. And I think he alludes to something different. Thinking, I was just have to say, I was in my mind right as you said that I was just thinking of Ken Wilber. Mm-hmm. The, the idea of including and transcending. And I don't know what ideology he connects that to, although I like his is probably more practical and tangible that I'm about to go into the geometric realms, yeah. is that that pattern, because it, and we are made up of that pattern, is mm-hmm. constantly evolving and expanding into a more dynamic and complex version of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, a fusion of light, sound, frequency, and vibration in that you know, imagining that we begin as a seed of life, say we come in as a seed and we're expanding into the flower and beyond and beyond and beyond. Every time that pattern takes a new shape, there's a bit of a shaking up that happens so that it can rearrange and stabilize itself at a new dimensional octave of Mm -hmm. consciousness, of light, of energy, of power. And we always, uh, as we go through that evolution, we contain all the previous patterns. So, Mm Uh, that's information, that's knowledge, that's wisdom, that's how creation and energy behaves at certain levels of consciousness. And, you know, you can see this when you're looking at the quantum um, universe versus the Newtonian universe, that they're both still here. And some people are living in a completely Newtonian universe. And those are the rules that they play by. Some people are living in quantum. And some people have gone into the realm of supernatural uh, reality creation, in Mm. which case you are the prime 
you know, mold or shape or designer of your reality, which you can transcend and even bend and influence those natural laws um, from the embodiment of the I am presence. But all of these different um, octaves and dimensions of consciousness contain uh, knowledge, intelligence, wisdom, self-gnosis, remembrance. And once we acclimate to them and we really absorb it and we, we receive it fully and we anchor that in, then there's the next expansion and that continues and continues. So we include and then we transcend. So now, now that we've learned all the playing rules at this level, we include it, but we transcend it. And now what's next? So we're aware of it. We can access that information, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're playing by those rules anymore. Right, right. And this is, this is a really interesting thing. Um, the practicality of it is that in any endeavor, especially growing up as an athlete, it's like so obvious that, you know, if you want to do high level um, things, whatever being in a sport or a martial artist, if I want to learn to backflip, I better learn how to form, I better learn how to do other things first, right? I'm just going to fall on my head. I better learn the basics before I try to fly. But the cool thing is once you master the basics, you can break the rules. Or in other words, you have to know the rules in order to break them. You can't just think that you got it all figured out and you can just go into the reality creation matrix, whatever, um, or any practical thing that you're trying to master and just and you're just going to be a superstar, right? Like you're just going to go out there because you, you believe that you can you actually have to do the fundamental physical patterns or the whatever the, the you have to master the basics of that thing. But once you do, then you have the creative freedom to 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 do it, you know, move it, um, direct it any which way you do and create something new out of it. But there's there's this principle that I really appreciate about not skipping over steps. Um, I, and this is an interesting thing too, because like, I know your perspective on quantum leaping. And before we got up, <laughs> you were talking about like, I'm really into like skipping levels. So this, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting paradox, which I think both are valid. But I also want to say, um, for you, what I believe is probably true is that you've mastered the basics. So you can actually quantum leap and, and hopscotch around different, different experiences, um, but you haven't, but you haven't bypassed or skipped necessary steps of development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for certain. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have the basics mastered, uh, for sure. You know, life life taught me in some really beautiful, pleasant ways, and some really deeply challenging ways. Uh, and I had to go deep, 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 deep in within myself. And you know, those those skip a level technologies were revealed to me by doing that inner work. So it was almost. Mm. Uh, you know, this is accessible to all of us. And I imagine if you come in with, uh, you know, arms wide open, heart wide open, invincibility, total recollection, remembrance, you can just live and operate from that space. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that would be the exception to what we're talking about, because it is the the truest nature of all of us. Um, But yeah, I certainly went through a journey of discovering and earning my capacity to be able to do a lot of the things that I'm able to do, none of which I take for granted, and all of which is deeply rooted in appreciation because there's an immense responsibility that comes with having that power and being able to truly bend, um, you know, play, playing with forces of nature. It's not, I mean, it's not uh, just something that... It's not a play toy. It's not a play toy at all. And, and there's, there's a deep 
care and devotion and a meticulousness and a, a fine art that comes with moving those energies and doing so with purpose and intent. And I don't even believe that those technologies are revealed to us unless we've done a certain amount of, of deep work. And if they were, we wouldn't really know how to utilize them, in which case it could... Um, well, you know, I mean, you would learn by trial and error in that case. Uh, it could be not safe. <laughs> it could be very unsafe. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, this is a segueing in an interesting direction that I, I wanted to go with you anyways, because one of the things that's coming up for me around the whole skip a level perspective is that um, depending on the development of one's soul, I would say, and the recollection of the experiences in, in lessons and light in life experiences throughout millennia, um, depending on the, you know, the, the signature of one's soul. Um, some of us, all of us have innate qualities or innate characteristics, innate skills, and we call that our genius, right? So where does genius come from? I think that it's very likely from a past life perspective that they're developed qualities that, have matured. So they come with us in certain sense. Like we have an inclination as a young child for me at four years old, it was martial arts. The first conscious memory I have as a human being is Bruce Lee. I don't remember anything before that. I think there was like some kind of trauma or something that happened, but I don't remember any of that. I just remember enter the dragon being on TV, Bruce Lee's last famous movie. And it, it imprinted this iconography onto my consciousness about a real life superhero. And that stayed with me. And that actually was an aspiration that I didn't even know I had. I just, it just kind of like over the years, it was my inclination to go towards it. And then it became part of my mastery and my life path. Um, so I, I want to open up with that um, mm -hmm. around this conversation about awakening and actualizing our genius. Mm -hmm. that's a that's a huge hallmark of your work and what you talk about and um yeah so like what what is genius where does it come from how do we access it and actualize it mm. exquisite thank you um so genius is genius is Genius is. Genius is what we all are. It is that field of light intelligence, super abundance, creative, vitalized, activated life force energy and intelligence, higher consciousness. Uh, genius is. <laughs> you know, everything that we see in nature is a product of genius. We all contain genius and we're connected into the same collective genius, the way that it channels through each of us, and this is the brilliance of it, is it's so dynamic and exotic and unique. And that's what makes us the beautiful, uh, magnificent divine creators that we are, is that we each express that genius in a different way. Uh, we access it by allowing it. It is not something that can be in any way um, manipulated, controlled, contrived. You know, it's a, to go and find your genius, it's more about opening to it and allowing it to channel through. Like when I do talks of any kind, I never prepare. I have no idea what's going to happen before I go on. And I prefer it that way because then that way, whatever energy wants to move through me can. And I haven't had an opportunity to grab a hold of anything with my intellectual mind. Um, and so it's something that, that we open to and allow. And I think that that is, well, the way that I have experienced the, uh, 
the birthing, the amplification, the emanation of that energy, that light, that power, that creative intelligence is to do things that help us to connect with our soul. So moving beyond the space and place of the mind and surrendering into what wants to come through, body listening, listening to our body, dance is a great way to just get into the felt sensation. Anything to do with uh, music, EDM is something that I love. Uh, that, that supports me opening more and more into that space to feel ourselves, to be in our body, to be super connected to our sexuality. That's so primary. Uh, and, and one of the main access points to genius is through our, yeah, our sexual connection to our body, uh, to our divinity, to the earth, and allowing that energy to flow through. That is the creative uh, portal of <laughs> that intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we allow it. It's, it's creative. It's creative in nature. Our potential is creative in nature. And that, that'll express through all different dimensions of our embodiment, our heart, our soul, our sexuality, our mind. Uh, you know, it'll come through in all the different ways, but it, it's how it chooses to express in, in the moment. So being open and available to it. So one of my favorite quotes on genius, my favorite quote on genius by far is by a man named Walter Russell. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was one of the great mystics of the last hundred years of, of the world, really. And um, he wrote a, a series of incredible books. And I got really turned on to him through a, a few mutual friends and mentors that were really into his work. And he wrote this book called Genius Inherent Within. It's this small little book. Um, and when you open up the book, the first quote is that mediocrity is self-inflicted. Genius is self-bestowed. Uh, and I, I open up a lot of my lectures with that exact quote because the fundamental principle and, and intention for the work I do is to help people access their genius. So through nutrition and health and optimizing the human vessel, which I want to talk to you a little bit more about as we go along, but through doing that, accessing our, our innate intrinsic genius um, and I find that quote is so deep and so rich because it, it brings up two kind of diametrically opposite paths, which I think people get really stuck on, which is like the, the, the self-destructive patterns and the self-success patterns. So like self-bestowed genius or genius is our inherent success patterns. And mediocrity is our, our I can't, I don't even say inherent, I think programmed or conditioned self-destructive patterns. And so if we're living the status quo, we're living by the, the adoption of other people's values, we don't know who we are, we haven't owned who we are in our own greatness, then somehow we, we perpetuate self-destructive and self-sabotage patterns. And the more we go down that, that corridor, it's like we start to hop on the, the, the train going towards the culture of death. And then, but if we, we tilt that and pivot and we own all that we are and everything that you're talking about, and we start to step into our creative genius, then we start to hop on the train going towards the culture of life mm-hmm. and life begets life. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that, that whole thing is pretty fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how clear it is to you. That there are primarily these, uh, these two pathways that we can choose, life or death, and that we don't have to oscillate between these these cycles of, of death and rebirth and all of that. We can end that, you know, karmic loops. 
and we can just choose life. We can choose excellence, but it, it requires mm-hmm. a choice on our behalf to mm-hmm. wake up every single day yeah. and to live into our excellence in all facets and dimensions of our life and to have a good time doing it, to have fun, to make it a creative, adventurous, enlivening, exhilarating experience. You know, Mm. what can I, what can I create next? So this is getting into value. And you and I have discussed this is one of the ways to access the free energy of life is to move beyond ourselves and to think about all the ways that we can add life and value and abundance to others at our most optimal capacity. And so as we are living into our own excellence, we discover more and more of what that is. Our capacity expands. We can give more, therefore creating more abundance, receiving more abundance. And you're just living in this... You're living. You're living fully as the sum embodiment of who you are as source, as genius, as that creative intelligence. And so it's accessing more and more of our true power. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is an incredible kind of unpacking of, of the, the, the concept of genius because the common person, I guess, associates genius as like this, this one-dimensional IQ type of standardized you know, um, memorization, repeat, rinse and repeat thing that we, we, we did in compulsory industrial education. And which, by the way, I find it interesting that that form of education that we all grew up with, only 8% of the population statistically learns that way. Mm-hmm. The majority of the population learns, whether it's, you know, auditory or, or kinestologically, um, through the body or um, visually or through immersion, which I think ultimately, and that's what we're really talking. That's another word to describe a lot of what we're talking about is immersing ourselves in the practice, immersing ourselves in the experience. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another word for cultivation too. And it's so much better, I think. Because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's beyond cultivation even. It is a total absorption and immersion. Uh, yeah. Engagement. Union, yeah. So, there's, so okay, that's, that's an interesting one. So kind of just, I just want to touch on this a little bit more before we pivot. So I think there's an adversion to engaging with our genius. Mm. And we can say it's conditioning, programming. Yeah, okay, great. And then it's fear and then this whole thing, right? Yeah, okay, got it. And something is built into the human psyche that seeks to abort its own evolution. It's almost like an adversarial force. And um, from an archetypal and mythological level, it gets pretty interesting. You know, the, the, the inner battle or the inner conflict and the inner resolution. Um, so the inner hero's journey is an interesting kind of theme there, but what, however you want to kind of color it, what I'm trying to just articulate is my experience in working with so many people. There's this aversion to being our best self. And I want to, I want to get your take on that. And then, because it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Mm-hmm. We can, and this is the whole thing. Like we can choose which track and which directive for our life that we're going to move towards without this push and pull, take one step forward, two steps back kind of thing that most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, there's a lot there. So I'm just going to feel into the, the energetics of that. Um, I'm just going to start streaming what comes through. 
uh, fear of separation, fear of rejection, fear of um, being perceived as eccentric, wild, exotic, um, crazy, not fitting into the culture. Uh, all the things that come up when we truly live into our genius and it's, it's not necessarily, um, it's not the status quo in a lot of cases. And I feel very fortunate and blessed, as I think we all do, that we're living in a time such as now where living into our genius and expressing it is so much more celebrated. And so uh, one of the things that people really need is affirmation to really move into mm-hmm. that space. And so we either give that to ourselves or we receive it from our loved ones or we're connecting powerfully into source to, to really ground into our power and to continue moving into it uh, and expressing it in the world fearlessly, uh, devoutly. It's so liberating to do so. And so having encouragement and support, whether it's coming from within or without. um, And, you know, a lot of the fear is, is our power. It, It really is. It's our, it's our power, our vastness, our capacity, uh, what does that mean? What is what, what what will it mean for this to fully come to fruition? For me to live into the vision that I'm seeing and experiencing? What mm-hmm. is that? What is who am I in that reality? What does that look like? Can I hold that much power? Um, so while there's an inherent desire and a pull towards it, uh, you know the gravitational constant of life is always pulling mm-hmm. us all in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is simultaneously our biggest fear until we move through it until we just open and move through it. In which case invincibility is accessible to us. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. I've, I've harped on this in so many different ways about this phenomenon that I, I perceive and it's invisible for a phenomenon. So it requires faith because faith is the belief in that, which is unseen, but deeply felt and the obedience to be faithful, which is, which is just a principle and just a a topic in of itself that is so, so pertinent. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's the core, it's, it's, it's everything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So this idea of invincibility, I, I, I talk about invincible health, developing an invincible immune system where you are impenetrable against getting sick under any situation, no matter what it is. That's, that's been my experience for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, but, but I want to talk about it from, from kind of where I think what's coming through you, which is this idea when we're on our path, this is my idea, when we're on our path and we're fully aligned with it, not just aligned with it energetically, but we are faithful to it. We are living into it. It almost seems like there is this protective field, like, you know, people have experienced, I've had this experience where I, I, I believe in angels or whatever that is, whatever we call that. It's, it's definitely real. I've, I've gotten bailed out of some, some situations in my life that I did not get myself out of. Um, so I think that there, you know, this principle that, that we're always being guided. There's a, there's a universal GPS system that's always trying to reroute us. Even if we skip a step, it's like, oh, good, right here. Oh, you missed it. Okay, route around. It's always trying to reroute us back on track. And if we can get on track and really live into it, um, the higher the stakes, the higher the responsibility, but then the higher the protection at the same time. Ah, uh, yeah, that's exquisite and profound. Um, it's living in alignment is what it is from moment to moment to moment to staying open to our cosmic power and allowing it to move in us and through us and to stay connected to that stream and 
to channel it, to, to be continuously channeling. And, and as we're, I mean, it's the ultimate protection, right? We're embodying the, the pure quintessence, the quintessential energy and nature of who and what we are. And that energy unto itself is invincible, you know, <laughs> looking at flow states. Um, they talk about that being a cause for some spontaneous healings is, is entering into a flow state. That's that energy moving through our body. That, that, the truth and essence of who we are is all loving, all knowing, all protective, all supplying, all, you know, all of that. So that's all we really need to do is connect, connect into that, stay connected into it and trust it and not staying open and flourishing into that flow constantly, which does require faith, which does require extreme trust and knowing and openness uh, being willing to stay open and expanded into that, to see and perceive only from the highest potential timeline and to be conscious of when that's not there. And that's just, those are opportunities to hone our channel and go, okay, I'm aware that that's there now. Let's come back in. And that refinement is always happening. And then eventually we're just living in that stream, but we are that stream. Um, and that is, you know, reality creation right there at its max, at its peak is being in the flow of that and enacting it. All right. So now we got to talk about the science of synchronicity. <laughs> so one of the, the things I picked up from one of the talks that I, I was listening to you uh, give was architecting miracles in synchronicity, that being in accord, harmony, or agreement with, that being a synchronicity, being in, in accord, harmony, or agreement with. Mm-hmm. So, um, Man, we got synchronicity, serendipity. This is such a fantastic topic, such a phenomenon that I've been fascinated with for as long as I was aware that such a thing existed. Um, so let's dive into that. Let's do it. I'm just getting a visual right now of the uh, Taurus vortex. Mm. Call it the cosmic vortex, the vortex of creation that we all have access to, but it's being in... Um, in the total sum embodiment of who and what we are, which means that in any given moment, we are experiencing super symmetrical, cohesive uh, alignment to that which we truly are, and we're body- embodying it throughout all dimensional facets of our being. We're embodying it and allowing it and exuding it. So it's this space of harmonic resonance with all that is, with the sovereign self and the quantum self. So then we're living in the embodiment of the one body of the quantum self and that energy is just pouring and streaming through us, and it's har- it's har- it's harmony. So synchrony, synchronicity means to be in agreement or accord with, and the highest accord there is is accord with that higher intelligence, that genius source consciousness, mm. which is pure uh, mm. abundance, prosperity, love, flourishing. It's pure positive photonic energy. So mm. it's pure positive light energy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to digress. We're coming right back to this. So you mentioned the word symmetry. Um, immediately what popped in my head was the experiments by Dr. Masaru Moto, the water experiments, um, which is, there's a lot of fascinating dis- distinctions within that that a lot of people may not realize. But um, I was thinking about the experiments that they did when they used sound vibrations um, and they used, um, you know, just intention and energy. So they would take, you know, the experiments, right? So they would just take like, they would examine the water molecules or the rice that they basically just, 
you know, one, they took a piece of tape or whatever and then said, I love you. Then one was just like left alone. It was indifferent. And then one was, I hate you or something, just intense negative energy. And then they examined the water molecules and the crystalline arrangements and symmetry is exactly the word that came to me. You could see the dis, the disassociate or like the, um, the dissonance of symmetry in the, the negative imbued water versus like the positive pure love was just like perfect crystalline snowflakes. Mm-hmm. And then you think like, okay, the human body is mostly made of water, mm-hmm. right? And our cells are just water bags. Like there's 10 layers of water within each cell. And um, there's a lot we, I could just go deeper into that, but just on that basic principle, just like just pausing on that real quick Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm curious, like, what your your thoughts are on that. I'm coming right back around to to our synchronicity talk. Mm-hmm. So those are the frequencies that are in resonance with truth, the highest intelligence, that which flourishes and creates and expands life. And that's why there was a super symmetry to it or a symmetrical pattern. The water of our body, we're 80 to 90% water. So programming ourselves with that truth. And if we feel like we're out of alignment, it's either originating from, well, it's originating from our thoughts, which then seep into our emotional body and become the water of our body. Uh, So repatterning and reprogramming the water of our body on a daily basis is also a really beautiful uh, thing that we can do, keeping our emotional waters pure and uh, just in in resonance with, Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the element of water is emotion or the element of emotion is water. Mm-hmm. So we want it. So Bruce Lee said the great quote, you don't, you know, um, non-running water grows stale. So keep mm-hmm. on flowing. Yes. Keep the waters flowing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the power of that mobility also and purity so that the energy can flow through us. And, you know, you'll notice during different stages of your journey and your awakening that there's a calibration to having a capacity to hold this much power, to hold as much power as accessible to us. And that happens at the physical level. So staying really pure and available for that energy to flow is also um, something really important to tune into. And that gets, gets down, I mean, just even micro thoughts. So it starts to come up for me you know, because our the water is the most easily programmable substance on earth and in our body and our thought just, you know, you can feel like, wait a second, something's not totally in, we got to dial it in, you know, and just becoming aware of what that is so that our emotional body stays pure and only allowing into our world and our environment that which can help to nourish and grow and sustain and expand that, uh, which also sets a planetary standard for the consciousness that we will mm. allow. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm such a huge living spring water advocate. Um, my experience with that has been the most profound thing for my health, my well-being, and my consciousness that I've ever I've ever experienced. Like literally the age of Aquarius carrying the water on your back, literally carrying jugs of water through like a hill, doing a mile hike, and like going to the spring, the source, the womb of where that water is coming from that's never, ever been exposed to the outer atmosphere ever it's been incubating in an underground aquifer for potentially hundreds of years filtered by the geology of the earth which is what all filters by the way in your housing system are based on they're based on earth elements um so i just like to go straight to the source and one of the interesting things that i've tuned into is that there is a consciousness 
to the water because it's incubating within the earth. And we know that water, as you said, is a programmable substance. And so if you're drinking water out of a municipal system, even if it's filtered, I talk to people about the homeopathic effect of like all the chemicals, all the 77,000 identifiable chemicals that have been spewed into our environment over the last 70 or 100 years and all that's being recycled into the water. So like all that kind of distorted runoff from people biologically, literally, um, is, is being homeopathically, I don't know, any filter that can homeopathically disinfect that. I don't, maybe distilled water, maybe, I don't know. But um, anyways, so where I'm leading to at this point is A, that, that's just fun to talk about. That's an- <laughs> it feels good. I feel the water, the spring water. <laughs> yeah. And what, what I've noticed in my journey is that the, um, the higher up the, the octave that I go, the more transformation that I do, the less food that I need. Um, and the more water that I'm drinking. I'm so grateful that that was my access point through living foods, which is water-rich food, and through living spring water. That's like the greatest. I, I'm so happy that's what called me. It wasn't like you know the paleo diet or something like that. I'm so happy this was my access point. Um, and uh, I guess that's an interesting thing, you know, just about – the connection between health, nutrition, our, our physical empowerment, consciousness, water, liquids, the upgraded kind of form of where our dietary evolution is going as human beings. We don't actually require as much caloric substance because we're actually becoming a free energy generating device. What do you think about that? Oh my God, it's so good and it's absolutely accurate. It's, it's where we're headed because that, that light then becomes our fuel. Right. Uh, and that's what we're, we're eating off of. We're feeding off of. We're generating, yeah, like you said, being pure generators. And that's, I mean, that's the nectar. That's the juice of life. That's the inspiration. It gives us all the energy and power that we could possibly want, need, and desire to go out and create and live and thrive. And it's what most of us are seeking through many different types of avenues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the more we have access to those higher dimensional octaves, the less food we do need because we're actually transforming from carbon based mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. into crystalline diamond mm-hmm. structured beings, in which case light, <laughs> light, sun, so sunlight, water, air, um, being primary sources of, of nourishment, uh, less and less food, because you really just don't, um, there, there's not really a desire that's there for it anymore. So not to freak anyone out here. And I'm a total foodie. I love food and I still enjoy food, but there's not, uh, it, it's, it's natural. It feels natural. It feels wonderful and amazing in the body. It's, it's a natural progression evolution mm. of where we're all headed, uh, inevitably. Right. Right. And it, it's, it's becoming more about the micronutrients it's becoming more about like obviously everyone has their own different metabolisms and they're at their own point of physiological um development so it's not to say one's right or the other it's it's a it's a learning game like we have to go through all the stages um but what i find is the is the natural progression is good is really about the micronutrients the minerals in particular because those are frequent those are signatures of light those are frequencies of light in of themselves and those are the activators with the enzymes that actually catalyze all the inherent dna functions um but then there's another interesting thing which is the subtle energies 
So I, I oftentimes, when I have the time to go deeper into this in lectures, I'll talk about biospherical nutrition, which is the which is really more of an elemental supplementation program, which is like the sun, you know, getting the photons absorbing into your skin, getting sun, getting into like sun gazing, get starting to move into that, getting grounded on the electrical circuitry of, of earth, you know, getting grounded, getting barefoot on the earth. Um, spring water and then, you know, your, you know, atmosphere air getting like real air, like electrically, um, charged air. Right. So like there's, so that, that's, that's, you know, amazing in and of itself, because one of the things I've found, I'm going on a few little tangentials here. So, um, one of the the things I've found is that the, the big problem with the diets is that they're, they're constructed and theorized by people that live in cities disconnected from nature. And they're trying to tell you what the natural eating patterns of indigenous people were once upon a time that has very little relevance to the, the toxicological and civ- the quote unquote civilized world that we live in, um, which is why there's so many yo- so much yo-yo and so much disconnection from like what's the right actual eating pattern, um, which is a bit of a long thing. But ultimately, what I've found is that the 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 eating patterns or nutritional philosophies that tend to work long term and create real transformative results are the ones that lead us back to nature. Mm-hmm. So that's why raw living foods, in my opinion, like out of everything I've ever seen in my life, every every transformational thing seminar supplement book audio book coaching program whatever i have never seen in my life as as many consistent cases of people's lives being completely revolutionized as getting into living food that's the you know and so that that is why, why is that well there's there's information there's intuitive um, messages, if you will, there, there's, there's messages in that food because it's living and then it gets imparted to us. So we become a little bit natural. Then we become a little bit more curious and it starts to lead us. And uh, eventually you find yourself growing cacao on a 44 acre permaculture farm in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I mean, I remember doing a week long fast with nothing but cacao and and, <laughs> and living water, mm. uh, and just being so activated, so 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 activated. So I'm with you a thousand percent on the raw living foods, and I think that uh, being tuning into the their own nature and their own self to find what that next step is for them, or right. So listening to ourselves above all else is one of the, that, that would be my highest guidance is to plug into what we truly and authentically need that is connected directly to the nutrients of the earth. Mm -hmm. I think there's an interesting thing where I started, um, I don't know if I coined this, it just came to me, which is the soul is in the soil. Mm. So like, for example, one of the, one of the initiatives that I want to spearhead or at least participate in is getting, um, autistic children and their parents growing, um, medicinal, medicinal plants and fruit trees. A, because we need to plant some trees. That's like, that's like one of my pet peeves when people in the entrepreneur world are like, just cracked another hundred thousand, bought this like you know, like $400,000 car. And my whole thing's like, man, if you can afford a $400,000 car, you can afford to plant some damn trees. (laughs) 
that's, that's my whole that's my whole gripe and pet peeve with that. But, but you know, what do you do? You have to be you have to be the solution, right? So one of the things that I want to do as an initiative and contribution, um, using any form of success that I may be able to create um, monetarily, is reinvest that into efforts to get. Um, particularly autistic children, children of all kinds, but I find um, that that's becoming an epidemic in of itself. And there is a deep connection and separation between us and nature. And I feel like there's such a profound healing effect, not just for the children, not just for their parents, is that's the key combination is the parents and the children doing it, but then also for the earth itself. I think it works as a feedback for one another. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Gaia loves it when we charge her up. She's, I mean, because I do the planetary activations daily, and I can just feel how thankful she is when I send light into her. And I mean, we are nature. We are Earth. We are cosmic uh, star particle energy. That is what we are made up of. Mm. And so it just makes sense to harmonize with those elements <laughs> and to nourish ourselves through them and to give back into them and to, you know, mm-hmm. harmonize with nature in that way. It's really, uh, man, I remember when I first was making that shift off of medications and all of that, I didn't realize how much I couldn't feel myself, my essence. My, I, I didn't know that I was missing myself <laughs> that whole time. I, I just, my soul wasn't even present in my body fully. And I came off of that, went directly to starting to eat in alignment and harmony with nature. And it was like, wow, here I am. Hello. I, and I was so clear and I felt so alive and so good. I'm like, and this is simple. Mm. It's so simple because it's natural and it's inherent for us to yeah, harmonize with nature in that way. And to, yes, give back into her because it's a co-creation. You know, She's a living entity and being just as much as we are and she needs our nourishment and honor and love and support right right i just man this is crazy i just for the first time made a connection between my my adversion or lack of uh lack of desire to drink filtered water um there's like the obvious stuff but then i just realized instinctually there's something instinctual about that for me i mentioned that water filters are basically like you have carbon you have charcoal you have um clay compounds those are the filtering mechanisms for the water right those are the same um the same compounds in nature that naturally filters the water well one of the things that i thought about with that is that there's there's when i go get my own spring water I'm returning to the mother. I'm visiting my mother, right? You know, your mother's calling you like, hey, hey, when are you going to come home? I get that all the time. When are you going to come home? And it's, it's that feeling. It's a feeling of coming home and visiting the cosmic mother, the, the hydrological mother that sustains all life. It's like there's this direct felt connection. And I can feel when I'm going through that journey, wherever I'm going to the spring, automatically I'm plugged into my extrasensory state of, um, of appreciation. Like, I'm just like, Oh yes. Oh my God. I didn't, where was I all this time? Thank you. And then when I go and I get the water, it's not as if I'm taking, I'm actually, I'm, I'm this, how many people out there are doing it? You know, one of the arguments people be like, well, if everyone got spring water, then there'd be none. It's like, no, (laughs) it's it's an infinite source. It's coming out whether you're going to it or not. 
So you know, like when I'm going there, I'm not actually, I'm giving and I'm receiving, like there is no take. I'm actually receiving the gift of that. And I'm also giving the gift of my presence in my awareness that I even know it exists. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's exquisite. Yeah. Anytime I've gone to any kind of a spring, whether it is to bathe and luxuriate Mm -hmm. and the purity and freshness of the water, just instant connection to source to appreciation, just this profound force field of peace and harmony and clarity and Mm -hmm. feeling so um, at ease and filled with the nourishment Mm -hmm. of that water. Water is so, so, so important. And I mean, anyone who goes and spends a day in nature anywhere, even if it's, I mean, water, yes, anywhere in nature to rebalance and harmonize and align will just help us get back connected back in. I think that experiencing a significant time every day in nature is pivotal for mm-hmm. optimal health and well-being on yeah. all levels, mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically, <laughs> relationally. <laughs> totally. Uh, yes. I think one of the biggest issues with psychological mental health issues is that people are, are you know, you could say so many different things, but it's really about a society you know, you're like, you're living in this, you know, there's Wi-Fi fields and everything like that. But, but from the psychological level, um, I think, I think the city concrete environment that at its best attempt is mimicking nature or transplanting trees from somewhere and planting it on a sidewalk. So you have some kind of like holographic sense of nature and you feel like okay that 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 makes sense like there's some kind of ancestral kind of thing it's like okay there's you need that there like in environments that have are void of nature void of any kind of semblance of nature are most the run down environments where people are degrading mentally emotionally physically that's where the most crime is the most um poverty is in the areas that are closer and closer, getting closer and closer to nature, you notice in affluent areas, they're covered. I notice here in LA, when I'm driving around Beverly Hills versus downtown LA, it's like in Beverly Hills, it's like, it's actually nice to drive around because it's actually surrounded by nature and trees and parks. It's like, whoa, I actually like the vibe here. It's, it's a little bit cleaner. You know, people are crazy, but they're a lot <laughs> than they are over there. And um, that must be a pretty interesting correlation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it balances us, our biomorphic fields, our hologenetic fields, all of that. And if we don't have mm-hmm. it, we can, I mean, for me, it's like overstimulation of the wrong kind. If I have too much interference of any kind, even right. if it's just mm-hmm. electronics, you know, trying not to do as much time on those because that will create, a, I don't know, it's almost like a stop in the energy. My being just flat out starts to repel it and reject it. Like, nope, you can't come here. It's almost like a solid wall gets created where Mm -hmm. uh, I have to be in nature, surrounded by nature um, to even hear and think and feel clearly. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is why I love cold bodies of water. I'm on people about this, just the cold showers. I'm telling you guys, this is your pattern interrupt. This is your immediate drop into the clearest thinking you've ever done in your life. Anytime you're stressed, you're, you're breaking down, you're going through it. Cold water, the mm-hmm. immersion. 
Yes. Where were you? So um, let me ask you, what is your lifestyle self-care practices look like? Oh man, there's so much. Mm. So wake up every single morning and um, meditate, do, do an appreciation, mm-hmm. just what's natural to me to feel thankful and grateful for, connecting into source, praying, doing an energy activation until that feels fully complete. And then I, I actually literally physically clean my space and my environment every day. And I reset the sound with chimes. Uh, sometimes I'll use uh, Palo Santo in sage and just um, attune the frequency for my, my space. Uh, then I do yoga and I'll do some form of, some form of dancing, mm. you know, typically more tribal in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do vocal exercises and practices to keep my vagal nerve toned, activated. Um, yes. so everything that I can do to activate all the different dimensions of my body creatively and expressively so that I can feel my power, resonate my power, express my power and attune my instrument, right? All the different chakra points in my physical and non-physical body, which are ultimately infinite, but the, the core ones, um, I go for a run every single day. Uh, yeah. As much time in nature as I possibly can. Uh, Mm, visioning every day, mm-hmm. uh, working in my business every day. And the visioning comes before I work in my business. So I can take that eagle eyes view and see everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it synthesize it. And then just, and I activate flow states too. So this is a profound exercise for anyone who, I mean, I command it that I want to experience it and I always line up with it. So I just get really laser lucid clear and precise and say, this is exactly what I want to experience tonight. So I'm going to take that eagle eyes view and get my vision, see what all needs to be synthesized, created, brought into form. And then I activate that pure flow state. Um, Mm. So then it's just a matter of opening and allowing that to come through, which, uh, you know, calls and things like this with clients every day. Um, Uh Yeah. Just taking excellent care of every dimension of my life. Cold shower every single day at the end of my shower, I do cold shower. I do EFT tap. Well, it's like instant lucidity, right? Like the warmth is great. And it's like, Ooh, there's that feeling of home and being wrapped in a hug and it's delicious. Yeah. But then you put on that freezing cold water and you're just zoop, like, you know, Thank in you. motion. Thank you. You have no idea how much grief I get about this. <laughs> Not for me. No, I mean, I, I experience the value of it. And so that, yeah, that is what compels me to continue doing it. It's highly beneficial. And, and, you know, we can look at the scientific health benefits of it. Mm-hmm. Just experiencing it and understanding and knowing what it does for me is enough for me to continue uh, with it. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, what else do I do? do you, um, EFT tapping sometimes, but I don't do it in the traditional way where I tap through challenges. I tap only. So it's like programming my avatar and I feel it and hear it and experience it in that way. So I'll program my DNA and I'll go deep, deep, deep into the conversation that I'm having with Mm. my being to program in that which I want to program in or to reinforce and affirm. And that has proven to be incredibly powerful uh, beyond any type of manifestation technique ever Mm. is to simply code ourselves at at the level of DNA. So emotional yeah. freedom tapping. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tap on those points and yep. then I'll speak. To, that for everyone that may not be aware of that? What was that? Can you run us through that for those that aren't aware what that is or how to do it? 
Mm-hmm. So the way that I experience it is it is it resets and it harmonizes all of my um, neurotransmitters, my neural pathways in my brain. So there are certain tapping points that you can tap on. And what I, I mean, I'll start sometimes at the crown of my head and I'll just go out and I follow what feels intuitive and natural. And you can come to the inner point of your eyes, out to your temples, under your eyes, right here, right here. And right here on your collarbone are the main points under the arms as well. And that starts to harmonize all of your circuitry. And while I'm doing that, I'm speaking um, code essentially into myself so that my neurotransmitters and my neural pathways begin to fire in that new direction. And that which is not in harmony with that can start to uh, dissolve ultimately. yeah, and, and when you do that at the level of DNA, it's a profound, I mean, you're, you're emanating that then. As you go through life, you're emanating that into your hologram, into the world, and therefore mm-hmm. uh, receiving the echo of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> receiving the echo of that in your experience reflected back to you from the outside world. So it's really beautiful to, and, and in that, I'm deeply embodied. So it's not just some disconnected affirmation that's coming from my mind. I'm speaking into myself like I would speak into a child or someone that I love and care for deeply with the feeling uh, of source through and through, through the mental space, through the heart, through my solar plexus, with my full emotion and tonality mm. and resonance of love on board. So it's, it's, it's anchoring in at a core level. And then it's, in a good way, sticks. ah it's amazing okay what what is what is um what is your you've gone through your movement exercises and kind of your attunement calibration exercises do you have any rituals or practices around food Mm. um i I, so I have my food set up in such a way that like, I know what my body responds really well to. So I stay on that every day. And if something needs to shift, then I just tune in and it's usually a micro shift, which is good too, because it'll trick my body and keep my metabolism and the energy flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I do superfood smoothies all day until mm-hmm. the evening. And I have one solid meal in the evening. I drink a lot of... Um, tea, organic, Mm. herbal tea, uh, tons of water and a gallon to a gallon and a half of water every single day. Uh, yeah. And everything's superfood, but everything's earth-based. Absolutely. Everything that I do is earth-based. There's one animal product that I have in my diet currently because I need it to stay grounded personally. Uh, That's the main reason why it's there. So I, so I include eggs at dinner, but everything else is yeah, superfood, smoothies, um, getting in greens, fruits, vegetables as much as I can, mm-hmm. uh, sticking close to the earth. And my body tends to love that and thrive on it and flourish on it. So, mm-hmm. And raw cacao, of course, that's in there too. So I have my raw superfood cacao every day too. It actually has um, some really potent activated superfood uh, tonics concoction on top of it like spread out over the actual cacao so that was going to be my next question of inquiry which is what are your thoughts around chocolate oh my gosh 
mm, essential, <laughs> essential. So when I tune into the energy of chocolate and the way that I experience it is it, um, so something around the oxygen in the body, opening up the capillaries, expanding vision, allowing light to flow more freely, connecting into uh, uh, like supersonic frequencies, extrasensory perception. By supersonic, I mean really high, refined, subtle bands of frequency and genius and intelligence that are really only accessible at the yeah. subtle, subtle layers. So cacao is something that facilitates that access mm. for me. Um, of course, like it's a sti- it's a stimulant to my um, well to my intellect and also to my libido, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> cacao, cacao, longevity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those are the main ways. I mean, to me, it's a very it, it's it's almost. I haven't done ayahuasca yet. I would like to at some point journey with that medicine in a really sacred mm-hmm. environment preferably myself and one other person but the the energy of her i know her very well uh is present when i i have a lot of cacao in my channels really clear it's like that it's like connecting into ayahuasca it's those subtle frequencies that connection that extrasensory perception seeing beyond the veil and just being so aware and so attuned to your reality Yes. One hundred percent. Man, we could do a whole long rant on that. I want to. I want to. Um, what do I want to do here? There's so much. Maybe just take a quick little pause. We've we've covered so much territory in in total flow state, which I'm becoming aware of, like complete and utter flow state. Um, I want to get your perspective because we, we left off there, but I hadn't forgotten it around synchronicity, particularly the principles or your perspective on architecting synchronicity into our life. And I want to, I want to caveat that with a, with a, with a thought, which is, is synchronicity a byproduct of being in tune with our destiny? Ah. And if we're not in tune with our destiny, are we going to experience the phenomenology of synchronicity as a repeated thing in our life? Exquisite. Yes, 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 yes. It's, a, it's embodying Dharma. It's embodying the cosmic mm-hmm. field of Dharma itself, that, um, that light intelligence. And so, so typically the reason why we experience bouts of synchronicity is because we are embodying that we are resonating at the frequency of our highest self, our genius. And then we kind of, you know, got into patterns and programs that are not the truth, the core truth of who and what we are. And so that flow kind of, you know, halted or got blocked up or, you know, all the ways that we can experience our disconnection from that Mm. flow that is natural and inherent to all of us and for all of us to experience. Uh, and so the more and more we allow that energy to course through us harmoniously, the more and more we experience that flow of synchronicity, but it's being in harmony with it from moment to moment to moment. So becoming a miracle generating machine, a manifester, a powerhouse manifester is really about embodying uh, the cosmic law of oneness of abundance of appreciation with intentionality in every single moment will just sink you right up with the flow if there's one thing 
to master it is that appreciate life, which means add value to life, build life, grow life, flourish life. If we can do that in each moment, we'll always be connected in with that stream. And if we're not in certain moments, that's okay. We're all going through this together. We're all, you know, releasing these old paradigms. It's okay. Just hop back on board the moment that you, that you recognize you're not in that flow. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's living that and embodying and exuding it, uh, de- deliberately, intentionally. And, uh, some level it's just about letting go and allowing it to flow through us. It's our natural state. So the thought that I just had was the the polarity of what I what I feel is the principle of the pain teacher mm-hmm. and the principle of the synchronicity teacher. Mm-hmm. So the pain teacher is a feedback mechanism from our body or from life to alert us of a misalignment, right? So it's physical pain, like we've been working out too much, right? Okay, you need or you you have like an injury or incorrect movement pattern that you've repeated now you're wearing out part of your your joints or something or or from a from a from an exercise or an athletic perspective it's like okay, you need to actually pull back and address the message that the pain is giving you emotional pain, psychological, existential, etc. So the pain teacher is alerting us of something that's in the way, right? Mm-hmm. And then the synchronicity teacher is a feedback mechanism similar to the genius versus the mediocrity example. It's a similar kind of, and this is how I, how I draw it up in my mind. The synchronicity teacher is, is a feedback that you're in the flow. So Mm -hmm. nothing is in the way you're in the flow. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is a great way to distinguish between cosmic law and ideology and all of this, Uh, because it will show you. Right. You know, that's how to become aware of it. It's not like a personal ideology or that it's, it's you're, you're, you're living in the flow of it and it is enlightening and illuminating you mm-hmm. and, you know, showing us all what that, what it is to be in flow with that. And pain is our resistance to that flow. So, and, and here's the gift of it too, is that as we stay in that flow, every single thing gets accomplished. We embody all of the beautiful mm-hmm. multifaceted uh, aspects of who and what we are as souls on this earth, you know, like a kaleidoscope of these just gorgeous, dramatic neon lights. We get to be all that we are and we get to flow in between those dimensions of our embodiment throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so then the game is really about learning how to balance on that ball, how to dance through life enjoy with resilience in our full power coming fully alive and right. honoring all those spaces. So can I be so attuned to my own being that I know when it's time to dance and run and play and have fun or get down to business and, and accomplish things and relax, meditate, create space. Am I attuned to all of that? And do I trust the flow of that and knowing that in the flow of that, all that I desire to manifest will come to pass and that flow is guiding you there. I just have to trust it and stay synced up with it. It's creates a synchronicity. Mm. Damn, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> synced up with it creates synchronicity. What a, what a concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this how is, are you with it? This is what I love about the English language is so many of like the fountain of youth. How do we access that? It's the fountain of youth, youthfulness, right. having a youth. Yeah. It's not the, the kitchen sink filtration system. Of youth. 
<laughs> it's all just coded in for us to access. Reality is very literal in that way. And even the word reality has literal. I mean, everything real is a feed. Yes. It's a, it's a total precise feedback mechanism in the way that we know that if we're aligned to what we truly want to the flow of source to the flow of synchronicity is we're experiencing what we truly want to be experiencing it feels amazing we're lit up we're inspired we're turned on we're activated we want to create we want to play we want to you know all the things that, that we experience for uh embodied in that and when we're not it just shows us that we're yeah not uh in total resonance with that which just shows us that we're not whatever we're experiencing, whether we're perpetuating a, a lifestyle habit or a thought pattern or whatever it is, is not in resonance with the highest possible timeline that is accessible to us. Mm, okay. We can't, okay. We can't stop yet. So check it out. We need to talk about timelines yes. now that that's the natural progression of a conversation around synchronicity. It's not enough to just leave it there. Like, Oh, it's a great to experience synchronicities, but where the heck is it taking me? Like the purpose, what is the trajectory, the destiny, right? Why are synchronicities happening anyways, right? Is it just like some built-in entertainment system in the reality matrix or does it actually have a purpose involved with it? Oh man. Let's, uh, let's, we got, when you and me talk about timelines, we've been talking about that frequently. Another conversation. Ah, and that's how to choose your timeline frequently. Right. So I, I think, okay, so let me just say this. Um, I don't, do you know Amorea Dreamseed? You know that name? That sounds familiar, but I don't know her personally. It's, it's a him. Oh, yeah. it's a him. So yeah, no. He, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a dear brother of mine, straight up mm-hmm. mystic, um, lived in Kauai, now lives in Bali. Mm-hmm. And um, we had an interview about two years ago in Kauai, and um, it's episode 103, I think, for everyone listening. And him and me just get into this whole thing about timelines, and I start going on this little this little riff about um, a piece of information called the Wingmakers, which I planted a seed with you. Excited to go into that deeper. And what I got from that material was this idea that the the future on a multi-dimensional timeline or infinite timelines, but multi-dimensional dimension, um, a different dimension, there's, there's, uh, the future, future humans, future civilization. There's, there's where civilization, where humanity went on a potential timeline that exists simultaneously with this one and every other one. And there's, there's this idea that I came up that I didn't come up with. I just, it seems, it seems, logical and obvious that our future self or us in a future timeline is communicating with us right here right now and is that what we call intuition is that what we call um you know innate wisdom where the heck does this stuff come from is it coming from our past or is it coming from our future my opinion is that the mind is a repository for the past so that's why the mind can't really deal with the uncertainty of the future but the heart and the soul is in tune with the future and always trying to move through the booby traps that the, the prior version of ourself already went through. So it's, so that, so that right there is a really interesting concept and um, it's trying to get us on the right timeline, right? Yes. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I love how you just so eloquently and perfectly described that. And um yeah, I mean, what we're talking about is what we would call God or source or our higher self or our genius. And that's why it's such an interesting thing because, you know, I'll always say, thank you, source. Thank you, God. And I just like, mm, I feel it. And I'm so thankful. And I'll thank 
And I'm like, but I'm thanking all of energy and consciousness while I'm doing that. I'm thanking you. I'm thanking everything in my space. I'm thanking my body. I'm thanking life. I'm thanking we, because everything is that. That is it in its highest expression. So I'm looking at that dimension of us, which is you and me and the collective actualized on the highest possible timeline together is the expression of that light or what we would call source or God. And I'm speaking to that dimension of self. And I'm just like, ah, thank you. Because there's moments when my sovereign self isn't choosing an alignment or isn't connected to that. And that's where, you know, you have to have the wisdom to recognize when that's the case and to enlist the support of that dimension of ourself that does know and can help us, you know, hone in and line up and get back on track, (laughs) but to still recognize it as part of ourselves and to not separate ourselves from it. And that is the the majesty, the beauty, and the intense power that we have access to. And that is what we fear because it is so big. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that's a punctuation and a portal in of itself. Yeah. That, that brings up for me, what that brings up is the, the willingness to adopt responsibility. Mm. This is a deep, this is a deep thing, right? Like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Jordan Peterson, but um, he's a brilliant um, Canadian university psychologist. And um, he, so much of his work is drawing on theological and mythological archetypes mm-hmm. and relating it to just the, the development of, 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 um, of, you know, society beings in society and creating like, what does it take to actually be um, a whole human, mm. right? Mentally, emotionally, etc. And um, one of the things that he talks about, which I really resonate with, and I love how like straightforward he is. He's not, he's very articulate, but he's just like, he's just like, this is, this is what I see going on, which is the adoption of responsibility or the adversion to responsibility. Yeah, and that that right there is like a huge point in of itself. But I remember the Spider-Man movie. I remember if you remember the original one where um, um, Peter Parker, his uh, before he becomes Spider-Man, um, his grandfather tells him, "With great power comes with great responsibility." Mm-hmm. What I heard was, "With responsibility comes great power." Mm-hmm. That's so good. I love that. Yes. Yes. Cool. Because the moment that you decide to take it on, you start to have access to all of that power. I mean, the the moment we decide anything, we start to line up with that evolutionary force that... (laughs) (laughs) But I find that... So one, my perception of responsibility is probably a little bit different because I look at it as... um, Well, I mean, it is responsibility, but... So it's this, it's a rewiring. It's shifting from a space of unconscious to conscious to super conscious, in which case it's no longer a responsibility. It's hardwired into. Right. So it's a natural. Yeah. 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 And, and we're experiencing it from a space of pure inspiration instead of responsibility. And then the joy in that, that is, that is the competition that I have with myself. How, mm-hmm. how much can I bring my own capacities forth through that which I am here to do and and how I am here to serve. So that's always the next level. So the next level of responsibility is the next level of capacity is the next level of value creation is the next level of service is the next level of life enhancement for all. And so uh, to me, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a fun, it's, it's fun. It's a fun game. And how can I do all of that in a really potent, activated Mm. um, loving, grounded, useful Mm. way. And so 
it's like an opportunity. It's a gift. It's this fun like game that I play with myself. It's like this, I don't even want to call it competition. It's, it's more like, uh, it just, it feels, it has a sports feeling to it. Like me exploring my own capacity and just, and being driven and motivated from that space of adding value to, because I can't, my soul won't let me rest unless I operate from that space. So, (laughs) you know, got to move into it. So if I can make it fun and inspiring and light and just, it's, it's hardwired in, it's something that I do every day, like taking a breath, then it's no longer, it doesn't have all the weight that that word responsibility mm-hmm. carries, the connotation that it carries with it. I don't have an issue with the word responsibility, but I'm feeling into the collective right now. And for a lot of people, I think that's creates- why there's the aversion, right? Yeah. 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 So my, my feeling, not to cut you off, I just, um, my feeling on responsibility is about being an asset, not a liability. Ah. And so that, that means being an asset to myself, being an asset to my, my friends or my family or my, my partner or my purpose, my mission, my work, my community, my planet. Can I be more of an asset than I am a liability? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's just a cycling through the, can I be my true self? more than I am my programs. <laughs> can I look, can I clear out those programs so that the truth of who I already am can emanate through? And that's the subtlety that I think is really important here to recognize too, is that we're not becoming excellent. We're claiming our excellence so that we can live into it more fully. Right. That right. naturally dissolves everything that we have. We have told ourselves that culture has told us that we have carried in through, you know, ancient, lineages encoded and scripted in our genetics it, it helps to release all of that patterning just to know and to affirm the truth of who and what we are and then we live into that more and more those old programs start to dissolve and fade away until they are yes. barely existent i mean i i can't say that they're non-existent in my reality but i can say that they are barely existent mm. anymore because i'm i've, I've just done so much work attuning to the source field. <laughs> uh, and I'm so thankful for that because there's so much freedom and then we're just living in a natural state. It's, you know, the things we had to do to push to get there start to fall away. We don't have to do that anymore because it's organic and natural. But I do, I have found in my own experience that there are times in our journey where, yes, we had to push. Yes, we had to... Um, do all of that to learn something, to gain some wisdom, even sometimes to have the realization that we didn't have to push. But most people experience that until we're solidly anchored into at a, in the majority of our beingness, that truth, in which case, yeah, I mean, responsibility, creation, it just all becomes, it's just a natural inherent part. Yeah. Mm. So I learned something last night that relates to everything that you're so eloquently articulating here, which is um, the whole thing around the the caterpillar to the butterfly. And, Mm. you know, I love the whole thing around the imaginal cells and the chrysalis and dissolving and being reborn. Um, One thing I did not realize from a scientific perspective is that if you take the caterpillar in that, in that morph, that morphogenic process, and if you assist it, in the process of becoming a butterfly, the butterfly will die. It, it might get out, but it'll drop. And the explanation of that, which is like, I'm just, it's so obvious to me once I heard it, which is that it no longer has its drive to survive or to evolve, basically. It's yeah. like the reason why in, instinctually 
you know, and people like if you're a vegan or something, or if you're like in animal rights or that kind of thing, and you're disconnected from nature and you think that like nature is just this like innocent, pretty thing and animals are just hanging out like a Disney movie. It's like, it's, it's a little bit different than that. There's, there's this built-in survival transformational process. And so like for when a, when a bird is born, you know, like a chick is born, um, you know, they'll get pushed off the edge or they'll get pushed out of the nest. So they have to, they have to fly by necessity. They can't be coddled. They can't be supported or maybe like a little bit of support, but there's always, there's this kind of pushing out. Same thing with us as humans. Like if we become too codependent and we don't learn to be interdependent and we stay living with our parents or we stay on welfare, any of the things that our society has basically built a penthouse around us in the form of like our financial institutions, our, our hospitals, our politics, um, you know, like the, every, every single thing now that I think about it in society is actually a way that we defer our own interdependence and become dependent on authorities to take care of things for us. Uh, Yeah. And that just strips people. I mean, people are choosing it, but it would just would strip a being of their power and they have no, uh, no desire, no urge, no drive to discover their own capabilities and capacities to thrive and to create true fulfillment. Because in my experience, that's what fulfillment comes from is knowing that I have the capacity and then putting it all into action. And then then it's like, yes, I feel fulfilled because I literally am filled. I am filled with, with life, with uh, expression, with exhilaration. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. Just going into that energy doesn't even, uh, cause it just perpetuates that pattern where they then don't have to ever discover their own brilliance. Bingo. And Bingo. why would they, why would they want to then if they didn't have any type of, a uh, impetus, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so my feeling around all that is that with the, the, the absolute beautification of every single word that you've shared, like you're a master wordsmith and linguist and um, articulator. And, um, and with all of that, I want people to understand that there's a journey, there's a process, there is an endurance to spirituality because true spirituality is really going into those dark crevices within ourselves and those ancestral wounds and the lineage, the lineage and everything that's, that's, that's lurking in there. Just like Carl Jung said that the, your treasure will be found in the place you least want to look mm. and so like true spirituality is, is, is takes a certain type of, a certain type of grit, yes. you know, a certain type of drive and focus and discipline and dedication that a lot of people in more of the new ageish, um, 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 kind of the, all there is is light thing. Um, I'm just going to do yoga and drink juice and sing Kumbaya. And I'm not, I'm just going to, everything in the world is just going to like kind of manifest or whatever. Um, or it's going to just, it's all good. Everything's paradise. We don't have to do anything. Um, uh. that whole thing. And that's a deference of responsibility, right? But the, like, I really resonate. Maybe it's just because I was raised as a warrior, literally. And that's just like built into me. Like if I'm not like accessing that grit and that like force of will, not all the time, but at least at some point in my, and I just, you know, where, however I channel that, if I'm not experiencing that, I get, I get like, I get actually, 
um, not nervous or a little anxious. I get restless. I'm just mm. dragon in me is just like, like, man, I want to, I want to like put me on a basketball court or in a boxing ring or in the gym or something. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's important to exercise our faculties right. on a daily basis to, con- to actually create that harmony, to create that balance from a space of action and fulfillment versus mm. the, you're just trying to align with the field, but not really do anything to create that harmony or to sustain no, that harmony. Being lazy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just have too much empathy for people because I've been through all the different dimensions of. Yeah, I've experienced being lazy. It doesn't feel yeah. good. Uh, for me. Do you think that it's lazy though, or do you think that that's a societal stigma? Well, I mean, you know. Or societal semantics i guess i mean i feel like but i don't whenever i use these words i'm not using it as an insult yeah um i don't mean to it can come off like that because you know i just kind of hit it just it can be a little sharp but when i think of laziness it's the same it's this all of this is wrapped up for me in the same the same polarity um conflict Mm. which is like the same thing with the culture of death the, the culture of life mediocrity genius excellence the the opposite of that maybe laziness and, and for for one word and when i think of lazy i think of a deferring of responsibility a deferring of engagement and mm. it's actually it's it's passivity and apathy right which mm. is which is to me when i think of love and the opposite of love i'm sure you know you definitely know this i know you've, we've all heard it the opposite of love is not hate hate is closer to love than it you don't hate is like an interesting hate and anger and all that kind of thing is an interesting emotion because you tend not to access that until unless you're afraid or have lost something that you loved mm-hmm. right so that's actually that's that's interesting so to me like the opposite of love is apathy it's yeah. passivity. It's the, the unwillingness to engage with that which we love or to, to, to have the courage to love. Uh-huh. And so here's where my feminine comes in real strong. And I was like, what will encourage that shift well, it's, from uh, apathy to action right. is love? So there has to be a certain level of... Hey, hey uh, sometimes, you know, look, here's... here's, here's <laughs> This is great because of our, our, you know, intrinsic masculine feminine qualities get both sides of the coin here. Um, Okay. So I just qualify that for me. So like coming from an athletic background, coming from that particular background, you know, when I would train, like when I was being trained or when I trained um, teenagers, for example, and this may not be applicable in all situations, but I do think sometimes we, we, it's helpful to get a little bit of a smack to just kind of like, it's like the cold shower. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm here. I got, it. I'm, I'm back. I fell asleep for a second. Right. We don't know how far down our life could go if we don't pay attention to the details. So uh. sometimes we need to get a little smack sometimes with love, tough love, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, a great role model, a great mentor knows when to apply enough pressure and what push, what points to push to get the student back on track because they love them. They care more about them than they care about what they think of them in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of part of that. That's not a thing I do all the time, but sometimes I have to do that with clients. If they're going the narrative and the story mode, it's like, I'm just, okay. And then <laughs> like, all right, we're back. 
<laughs> I told, that's why I, I slap myself every day with my cold showers. And it does it. I'm t- the cold shower. Because day. life has slapped me enough times that right. I've learned how to stay in steady motion. <laughs> right. So you apply. So you can apply that that pressure on yourself. Not the pressure, but you know what I mean. Like that, you can apply that that thing onto yourself. So you don't need life as a feedback mechanism to do it. Right, and that's where happiness and fulfillment and like for me aliveness i mean i don't even feel a sense of yeah, I don't power and aliveness i mean i told you the other day my thing is power like i want to right. feel my power i want mm. to feel life force i want to mm. feel the creative pulse right. of the universe right. moving through me and if i don't feel that then it means i need to take more action mm. <laughs> and that's yeah. That's for me personally. I'm not suggesting that for everyone because it's, but I know that for me, that it means that I need to uh, switch things up or I need to take a new movement or I need to expand my capacity or I need to, you know, something. uh, Yes. Yeah. Along those lines, it's usually not uh, the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, as you're well aware, you and I are completely on the same page. Mm -hmm. Mm uh-huh well i mean hey it's the it's the spice and the exhilaration of life and that's why you'll hear people Mm -hmm. who are peak peak performance um coaches athletes all of this they'll they'll tell you you've got to go to your next edge you've got to go to your next edge you've got to train that next to that next depth to your next uh most expansive capacity Mm -hmm. it just becomes more and more and more but the way that my approach is different from the, I would say those specific ideologies, although they're brilliant, is that that is motivated from a space of push. Mine has been how to liberate and right. leverage the free energy of the universe. Oh man, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what a pure flow state is. It's accessing that. It's, it's opening mm. our channel to be in sync with the flow of that. And that's why, you know, even in flow state studies, they talk about the part of your brain where you literally, your self-consciousness flips off. You're no longer conscious. You move outside of yourself. You experience, as Stephen Kotler says, profound liberation from yourself. Right. right. So it's right. allowing genius, which is an intuitive, super conscious, creative intelligence to inhabit us. But in order to do that, we've got to be in some kind of motion, some way that we're focusing on something, moving with something, dancing with something, mm-hmm. engaging mm-hmm. with something mm-hmm. to get in the habit of allowing that energy to come through and pour through so that we can experience it more and more often. I'm certainly not thinking about a darn thing that I'm saying before I say it. I'm just flowing it. And yeah. So it's just accessing that energy or creating a space to allow it to do what it does. Um, and that's, you know, when you're in a life or death situation, or you're doing high performance sports where you've got to be right. like laser. Li- that's you're there. You're every single ounce mm. of you. Mm of you is on board and that's the power that we're accessing in those moments is quantum cosmic power. It's no longer about just this. I mean, you're, you're in sync, you're synced up with everything in your environment, everything around you and your that energy, that intelligence is guiding all of the information and data and consciousness in this vessel mm. as to what to do yeah. to help you stay alive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyways i'm all about accessing that that uh flow but not from a space of push from a space of pure inspiration so i look at it instead of self-improvement i look at it as self-creation to make yes. it fun and exciting how mm. can i more accurate. well yeah 
It really, yeah. I, I, what just popped up in my head was the difference between being effective and being efficient. And yeah. most people are trying to be efficient, but they're not being effective. And to me, the, the deeper subset of that is um, being, um, being, doing good versus doing, no, ah, geez, what are the, being right versus doing the right thing, something like that, right? Okay. Like so a lot of people are focused on being efficient. So statistics and numbers and, and quantification and all that, but that isn't necessarily effective from a, from a quantum perspective, right? Because you can, because if you're only mathematically inclined or let's say you're, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to, now yeah, this brings in a whole, this is kind of like a, this is a bit of a rabbit hole in of itself. It's kind of brings in the moral, the morality thing around, you know, am I going to do, am I going to do good at something or am I going to, or am I going to do the right thing? You know, cause they're not always the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I don't know exactly why that came up. I was thinking about it earlier, um, but I think it, it, it could circle back around and I don't want to take too much time on this, but it could circle back around the inhibition to flow and the, the, the gateway to flow. Mm-hmm. Do you have any oh, like, <laughs> I think that anything that is efficient is effective and anything that is effective is efficient. And I think that those two things combined is what creates an exponential, right. uh, access to an exponential timeline. Uh, mm. or a Instead timeline. of incremental. Okay. So that's maybe a better way to, to, to say it is that incremental versus exponential. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think both find their way into so, our- that's 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 a that's a trap too because you know, like you need incremental momentum and in, in everything that creates the the the, the ex- exponential expansion, right? Yeah, but if you're focused on an exponential universe, then the incremental steps fill in automatically. So it's oh, also okay. that's yeah, yeah. But but you're absolutely right because on a very you know foundation if, if I were to just look at the raw reality of what I was seeing it would look mm-hmm. like it was incremental right. but it very well may not be if your consciousness and your point of focus is operating from an exponential reality mm-hmm. so there's yeah so it just so much of it has to do with perception and in, in either case right. I mean, we take linear steps and we take nonlinear steps right right. Yeah, I think what what I'm what I'm what I'm getting from that is it's it's about your intention and it's about your your belief. Like, how big are you willing to believe? How big can you ask for what you want? Like, there was a question that popped up in my mind that I shared with a friend when we were having a conversation, and I it just these things just come to me, and I was like, what would the world be like if people acted as if they actually believed in God, Mm. or that they were God? Well, see, that's, that's the next, that's the next level, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's that clear that anywhere there's a little wobble, that's exactly what I'm ironing out in my own self right now is anywhere where there's a wobble, where I'm in any way, uh, in my mental space, identifying that as an energy or consciousness that is somehow separate from me or more powerful than me, but being it, allowing it Mm. and expressing Mm. it in all moments from that point of awareness that I am it but operating from the point of the I am will. So it's not an egoic, I am God. It's an I am an all-encompassing, loving, 
you know, source and I know this and I'm embodying that and I'm, I'm living through that. Yeah. yeah right. And, and any moment. And from which case you become profoundly influential and, over energy and consciousness and you can rapid fire manifest anything you want because you start to have sovereign free will choice because you're operating from the highest dimensional timeline of, of choice freedom that is accessible. And if not a lot of people are doing that because a lot of people are still remembering who they are, then you automatically have prime choice. Although everybody has everybody has that because we are all of that and it's a completely transpersonal thing. It's just like, you know, the person in the, the space that's choosing is going to have prime choice because they're choosing. So mm-hmm. if you know yourself as that and embody yourself as that and you're playing from that playing field, mm-hmm. then it gets real fun <laughs> because you start to really get to orchestrate in the larger creative landscape and that's where it gets supernatural and ex- like exponential to the umpteenth, you know? it's a lot of fun and we all have access to that that uh capacity to just live from pure choice in each moment Hmm. choice of i am will is what my uh mentor and friend jared hewitt calls it who i love dearly and just phenomenal energy worker who literally in certain moments saved my life helped me to feel source when i was going through very traumatic experiences to feel that frequency of home he's masterful at uh expressing the tonality mm. of source of home so if you're listening and you love energy work check out jared <laughs> mm. Mm. yeah wow mm. Mm. this has been um Absolutely incredible. Absolutely amazing. And you take just a pause, just like we were literally in a, in a two hour flow of hyper synchronicity. Um, really excited for everybody on the other end of this. <laughs> uh, I'm absolutely honored to just, well, one, be sharing space with you and to have, uh, this beautiful seamless flow moving through us and out into the world to support every single sacred being who's tuned in in the places and spaces where they most need support just getting the gems and the jewels uh, that they need and appreciative that we could all be here doing this together. Uh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Solara Sophia Rose, it's been an honor and pleasure having you in this conversation, having you on the show, sharing you with this incredible, eclectic, diverse audience. And um, so I'd love for you maybe to summarize our conversation just in a few, in a moment for everyone, just to kind of like, you know, synthesize the the quintessential point that you want to drive to people. And then I Mm -hmm. want them to get access to your work, your information, you um to whatever degree that they can uh so aka your websites and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. hand it over awesome thank you so first of all we'll get the logistical things out of the way so my website is solararose.com and you can visit me at solara sophia rose on facebook on my personal page and my business page and uh solar rose on instagram uh so those are the main access points and to synthesize everything, hmm, we're just going to go and we're going to flow. So uh, staying open, keeping your heart open to trust, to love, to source, allowing the quintessential intelligence, creative life force, and genius of the universe to flow through you, creating spaces 
to allow yourself to receive that because everything starts from a point of reception. We are essentially these powerhouse magnets and to really truly live and experience life at full capacity, you have to allow that energy in and then we give it out and it just creates this, this profoundly uh, gorgeous feedback loop of abundance. So living in, in line with the flow of abundance that you naturally inherently are relating to yourself in that way, seeing yourself in that way, doing all that you can to connect into the frequencies of home, of flourishing, of paradise, of abundance, uh, and to remember to reinforce uh, those truths, that truth of love within yourself and uh, to do the best that you can to live it through and to always be empathetic and compassionate with yourself and others uh, because we're all releasing all of the programs that don't tell us that that is the truth of who and what we are while anchoring in uh, the, that resonance of, of home, of pure source, um, to believe in yourself, to have faith that you can create absolutely any single thing that you want to in this life and to continue to expand into your dreams and know that you have the power, the capacity, and the potential to live all of that out um, mm. in this lifetime. Surround yourself by loving, supportive, uplifting, encouraging people. Love yourself, value yourself above all else. Choose that which values you and release everything that does not. Mm. Um, mm. What else? Where do we want to go with this? Uh, hmm. Yeah, your infinite creative intelligence emerging. Uh, have fun. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> Great, great, great. I definitely have been enjoying this ride. Thank you. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> uh. yeah. Multiple levels. Uh, well, again, thank you so much for taking the time to join me and uh, do this incredible, legendary, epic conversation. This is uh, this was special. This was really, really special. So, very grateful for you. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. To be continued. Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.